this is that other sports show. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, peoples of all ages, races, creeds, and sexes. Mm. Folks, we're back. It's that other sports show. We're back. I, I believe we took last week off. I can't even remember. I don't no, know. No, we did a Super Bowl show. We did. We did. We did Super Bowl week, and then we took the week off, and we're back. We're doing it again. We're going to do some recapping. That's mm. that's. I think, honestly, I think that's the priority of our show is just to recap things. We do do some beforehand things, but yeah. I, I enjoy I enjoy the recapping more than the uh, let's talk about what's about to happen stuff. I'm just going to really? be honest. That's interesting. But before we get any further into some more of our thoughts, because we will rabbit hole quickly on this show, uh, I'm Jesse. On the other end of the line here is Jason. Jay, say hi. What's up, y'all? It's good to be back, man. Jess. You said it's that been, game. That's some gangster shit. You know? It's yeah. I'm, up, on, I'm uh. on the I'm on the real West Coast shit right now. A little so. DMX like uh uh, 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 uh So yeah, uh, so we're yeah, here. See, look, look, we already did it. We had a We already did. We're having fun. Who gives a fuck? Shout out Variety <laughs> Sports. I want to make sure we get our Variety Sports love in early. Hashtag Team VSN. So at yes. Twitter at Variety underscore Sports underscore i got a bone to pick already with variety sports so let's get this out of the way Ooh, we're gonna, do, we're gonna hear about it now do they have a calendar are they putting up like a, a schedule a, how do you do it how do you say schedule the wrong way a schedule a schedule you huh. said it kind of british and they don't have they put schedule. up a schedule and and they didn't put us on it did i see that right or is it only their specific shows and we're kind of like a syndicated off-brand that happens to be on their network and therefore we don't get put on the calendar did you see this did you notice this i didn't actually i've not even gone i've 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 gone through a few of their podcasts that they put okay. out I've never been to the website. I didn't even know that they had one. No, their Twitter. Like they have a Twitter uh, that puts like on their Twitter line. uh, They put like a photo that has like, this is what's on Monday. This is what's on Tuesday. We have like five shows on Saturday and Sunday. But we're not on there? No, dude. Telling you. I feel belittled and disrespected right now. I do too. I do too. That's why I started the goddamn show with it. But we still love them. Here's their chance to correct it variety sports network right now vsn we love you put us on your schedule so we can see ourselves and we can feel like a real part of the team if we're not on the schedule maybe they don't like our logo maybe our logo doesn't match up with what they're putting on there but i don't know just because that's because we are the off brand i mean if you from what I've seen, yeah, they have okay. the variety sports logo like basically for every single show. Oh, they didn't they give do. us one, and we don't have one because we're not. We like, have our we're, own. We're like the black sheep now. We're like the the, the redheaded long. stepchild of the didn't group. Like we're, we just kind of sh- came in. They're like, yeah, come aboard, come aboard. We want to fill our slots. And then and, they're like, your and... show doesn't get a lot of listens, so we can kind of <laughs> fucking show. 
I no. want to know, actually, Variety Sports, you're going to listen to this, or somebody will, I'm sure. I, I, I would hope. Right? I would hope, right? Uh, somebody listen to the show. You contact myself or Jason via Twitter or email. No, contact Jesse. Exactly. Or, you know, do do something. Get hit. No, I mean, like, DM. DM us. Yeah. Okay. I want to know, like, how is how are we doing in comparison to some of some of your other shows? That's a fucking fantastic question. Because That's I good. see what we're doing on Spotify. I see what we're doing on Apple. I can see what we're doing on Anchor. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. So what are we doing in comparison to the VSN network? Mm. DM, DM us. DM one of us. DM okay. me. Do it. So I will I will start my tweet when I introduce this week's show by saying constructive criticism for at Variety Sports, and we'll see how that works. We'll see. Not trying to start no beef. Not trying to start no wars. We're, we want to be on the schedule. We're asking, please put our logo on the schedule so that way we can be on there and we can feel the love. We can feel the appreciation. We shout you out every week, if not at the beginning of the show, the end of the show. You get more plugs than a lot of people. Just saying. Yeah. Hey, Just, I'll pull a Melvin Gordon and do nothing and still win a championship. I mean, let's do that. Oh, guys. I love I mean, that. I mean, come on, let's go. I love that. Let's go. Yeah. Your cigar in the mouth, the <laughs> trophy, and you're just fucking living the dream. Just living the dream. Uh, Jess, we're going to talk UFC. Uh, I hope you watch that Volk Islam fight. I wanted you to watch it. I sent it to you. I still don't know if you've watched it. We will find out if you did or didn't. Uh, so the dramatic pause for that when we get there. <laughs> we will talk Super Bowl. When A.J. Brown scored that touchdown, God damn, was I feeling really good about telling everybody last week to just put all of their money on A.J. Brown, winning the MVP, scoring two touchdowns, it was there, Jess. It was fucking there. But we will get to that as we progress. Jess, I have a half-baked idea I've been dying to share with you and our audience. Shout yeah, out Spotify. Shout out Variety Sports. Shout out Stitcher. Shout out Apple. Shout out however you listen, however you consume. We appreciate you. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Let's hear hey, it. is the NBA All-Star Game this weekend? I believe so. Hey, who's in the dunk contest? Uh, absolutely nobody that I've ever heard of before. Can you remember who was in the dunk contest the year before that? No. What about the year before that? No. Do we start to get to, like, Nate Robinson, where we remember who won the last one, dunk contest? One of the last guys I've, I've remembered was when Blake Griffin jumped over that Kia. You're going, you're going comical. But that was I'm, a I'm long time ago. It. Dwight Howard, Superman, I appreciate I remember it. that. You're really, you're really aging it now. I remember when uh, the Hawk missed like 16 dunks in a row before he had to basically well, that, just. Well, that's why they're not as fun as they used to be is because they've loosened these rules to now. It feels like someone can miss 10 dunks. And by the time they hit 11, it's lost all of its luster. It's lost all of the what makes the dunk cool is you make it the first time. Do you think, before we get too much further into this, I just want to ask you a question now. Do you think that some of the winners, the past winners, when the dunk contest was cool, like when everybody wanted to be in it and they actually had to filter through who would be available yeah. for the dunk contest, do you think that any of these guys pay attention to the dunk contest now? Yeah, I think the winners do. You think, think Jordan? winners do. You think no, Michael no, Jeffrey Jordan? I mean, no, that's a bad. That's, you think I mean, Bud Webb? Yes. 
You think yeah. Spud Webb pays attention to this? Fuck yes. I think he's I trying disagree. to get an invite to I be disagree, a judge. But I think he's trying to get an invite to be a judge because where where are the paychecks coming? Um, I think Jordan's a bad example, but guys like Dominique, guys Dominique, like Jay, Dominique don't give two shits about this contest. Come on, my guys, man. guys like Vince Carter, Vincenity. I think these guys do care a little bit, but I'm here to fix it, Jess. And here's how we fix it. Are you ready? Let's hear it. It's time to add celebrities. It's time to lower the rim. It's time to cross promote other athletes. What if I told you this weekend's dunk contest was going to be the Kelsey brothers on a lowered rim? They're going to dunk against each other. Whoever wins advances against uh, Mookie Betts from the Dodgers and pick a fucking random rapper that you know is going to be there. Quavo. Quavo is going to be there. There we go. And they just play dunk contest two on two. There's $250,000 on the line. You want to take the 250, go right ahead. You want to take the 250 and turn around and donate it. The NBA matches that. What do you think of that idea? I like it. I thought can, you'd love can, it. Can we do a dunk contest for same same type of scenario, right? Celebrities, you know, some maybe some famous businessmen or something like former athletes, athletes well, from other think, other sports. Can we do? Can... can we do like the trampoline? No, because I think when you lower the rim, it gives you kind of. It, it really gives you the. Are we talking oh, like eight an eight foot rim? I think if it, I think you have a like a seven foot rim on one side and like an adjustable possible eight foot rim on the other side, and the higher the dunk the more you're going to score. Because you see what I'm doing here, Jess? That's interesting. If so you even just got... like a one-handed, simple <laughs> dunk, but on like, say, a nine-foot rim, if you're a nobody, if you're just an actor, that, Drake, that gets you big points. If Drake does a little 360 Jordan split the rim, grab his dick, dunk on a seven-foot rim, that's cool. <laughs> that's going to do a lot of the TikToks, right? That's going to move some numbers on social media. But you get Mookie Betts on the other side doing a fucking 360 on an eight-foot rim because he's an athlete, uh, you're going to score that a little higher, right? Yeah, you have to. I like this idea. Now there's a little bit more intrigue, right? I do. I like this idea. Now you get the Kelsey brothers going, oh, you can do that dunk on the seven-foot rim because you're an offensive lineman. Well, I'm a little bit more athletic because I'm a tight end. I'm going to go to the eight-foot rim and do – the same dunk, and I'm really going to big brother you, and here we are once again, we're moving numbers on the social media platforms, because everybody loves uh, the Kelsey brothers, just like everybody loves the acclaim, right, Jess? Scissor me, daddy. And uh, we, you just, you bring back excitement to the game. Now, maybe you get, like you said, former NBA player, a former whatever athlete, football player, T.O., someone like that. The thing is that you, that you know can dunk on, on an actual rim, and that brings excitement too, but you want to try and lure the actual NBA All-Stars back to do an NBA All-Star shit. Now, I, I get they don't need to because they're going to make their money, they're going to get their shoe endorsements regardless, and I also understand that the dunk contest has created 
stars, right? It created the D Browns and, and the other guys like that. But I just, I, I think this is where you have that unique crossover here. We've been talking about it, Jesse. These all-star games are not as fun as they used to be, right? The, the NFL oh, the football game. The football game now the is Pro a Bowl joke. Sucks. The, the Pro Bowl sucks. The, 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 the Pro Bowl, it's just a joke of itself yes. now. The, the, the MLB all-star game, no one's really watching it outside of two or three innings unless you're a hardcore baseball guy. You're not making the crossover. You're not looking for it on like no. the Monday or no, Tuesday. No. And, the, and the all-star game's always on a weird night. It's like a Monday or Tuesday, right? Yeah. You'll make more of an effort to try and find that home run derby, though, because that's just what more people are interested in. Well, that's like, that's like watching a heavyweight fight, though. The, the, the home run derby, the slam dunk competition – those are like the heavyweight championships, right? Those are the heavyweight bouts. The that's problem why is the that's slam why dunk I'm contest isn't anymore. But the that's why I'm disappointed. Yeah, exactly. The the slam dunk competition used to be the heavyweight bout. It was it was the biggest event. It was probably even bigger in some ways than the actual All Star game. You you got the, the the slam dunk at one point in time was just this pivotal move that only uh, a few could do. In such a spectacular way, right? A lot of guys could dunk, white, black, Asian, whatever. A lot of guys could one hand it. A lot of guys could jump up two hands, dunk it. But not everybody could do a 360. Not everybody could go through the legs. Not everybody could go around the back, you know, uh, over to the left side, put it up underneath the back. You know, it was a spectacular thing. Not a lot of guys could be spectacular. So it was amazing to have those athletes come in and do this. Now, what we're seeing is, I'm, I'm, it's just, it's garbage. Well, maybe, and we're not trying to shit on the guys that are going to be in this dunk contest, but maybe garbage. Maybe some of these guys become the next Nate Robinson, become the next Dwight Howard, the next D Brown. I'm trying to think of anyone else random that won that wasn't necessarily an all star. Cedric Sabalos, where you make a name off of doing the dunk contest and it gets you a little bit more credibility, a little bit more money. Here, how we want to look l- at it. Let me let me tell you right now, my my buddy, shout out to my boy uh Jeremy. He retweets everything basketball related on Twitter to our our other my other little text group. So the the slam dunk participants, and tell me if you know any of these. I know one of them for sure. KJ Martin of the Houston Rockets. That's Kenyon Martin's son, right? Kenyon Martin's son, yeah. Okay, that's cool. What has he done in the NBA? Does has he done anything? Yeah. Does, does he average 15, 16 points a game? Does he, no. does he play defense? Does he what does he do? He's a Trey Murphy, man. the Trey. This is Trey Murphy uh plays for the New Orleans Pelicans, and he is an upcoming star. I believe that. The kid has a lot of talent. He's an uber talented kid. Uh he he's got a great skill set. I, I don't know about his dunking style. Like, I've seen him dunk. This but is when you find out. Mac McClung. Ay, ay, ay. Who is Mac McClung? I'm no, sorry. I don't know who Mac McClung is. I don't know if he's white or black, but it sounds like the whitest yeah. name that anyone could have ever been given. I feel like they like sticking a token white guy in these dunks. Yeah, yeah, that's now. the other thing. Jericho Sims <laughs> from the Who's New York Knicks. Jericho Sims. Let's that sounds like the bad guy from an end of the world movie. This is oh, not. Yeah, Jericho Sims is coming to get us. This is not Le Champion, a little bit of bubbly. No. The guy that wears the GFY shirt. No. Jericho. Jericho Sims. That is um. your. Full-
Slam dunk competition. As opposed to the four random names that I threw together, fucking uh, twenty minutes before I would we started the show, Quavo driving home from my, getting my lunch. I would actually and, probably be more inclined to watch if I was like, "Oh shit, Quavo's gonna—he's gonna try to dunk." All yeah, right, but not only that, it's students. like, oh, it'd be—you—you you can laugh at guys hanging themselves on an eight-foot rim or seven-foot yeah. rim. I just think it just again, we got to figure something out. All right, Jess. So it's it's fight time. We had some fun with it. It was a half cooked idea. Thank you for playing with me here. I'm trying to pull up last week's fights, and I've I was not prepared. Uh, trying to fucking remember anything offhand. I know we're gonna spend some time discussing the co-main event, the main event, right? That's what we do here. But dude, this UFC schedule is usually really like prepared for me and this time i was fucking not well, prepared yeah i, I got it. i have I got it up right now do you got it okay oh yeah it took me a second to stall this all that hey listen uh, um crew menafield did you watch so i'm I, I don't know how much of this you watched so we'll, we'll kind of breeze by this Crew Manifield, any thoughts? I will tell you right now, I only watched clips and bits of every single fight, including the fight yep. that you sent me in a hole. I've only watched bits and clips. That's okay. That's okay. Heartbroken, but that's okay. Uh, Crew Manifield, I'll tell you right now, I scored it for Crew. I did not score it a draw. Uh, we can keep it moving. Tafa Porter went exactly as we predicted. Yeah. First guy, first heavyweight that lands a big punch is going to score a knockout. It was a big here. ass left hook, and Tafa, Tafa's, a, Tafa's a, he's a big, he's a big name, or he, he is a potential. He has potential. Up and comer. We gotta, we you. gotta get these Derek Lewis guys out of here. We gotta get these fucking all star over here, over him's out of here. We gotta get these guys out of here. Fresh blood, fresh blood in the heavyweight division. It's um, uh, Della Madalena exactly. You yeah. We thought Brown might have a chance. He got clipped with a jab early. He got uh, he fucking did a little bit of a of a tap dance, and, and Della Madalena jumped on him. Beautiful choke uh, in the first round. This card moved quickly, which uh, was very very satisfying. Lots of finishes, which very is made, with lots of finishes make for a good card. Listen, I can't be up all night. Especially if you're on the East Coast. I'm telling you, listen, I've experienced these East Coast times now. I'm not a fan of being <laughs> up at fucking past 10 o'clock. Uh, yeah, this Rodriguez, fight was awesome. Yeah, Rodriguez versus uh, Josh Emmett. This is where I was wrong and where Jess was right. Um, you know, I do want to say this before I give you the platform here, Jess. Okay. I thought Emmett looked good in spurts. I thought you know, we always want to say where we're right and where we're wrong on our own podcast. And there were moments where I was like, all right, he's getting in that pocket. He's doing bull matador. He's playing the bull to years matador. He's years not slipping these punches. And Emmett, Emmett can crack. He can crack, but uh, you know, it definitely wasn't enough. And the Body kicks that Year was throwing were and, and the body work period was just a fucking beautiful, Jess. Go ahead, Jess. One thing I want to say is, and you you already <laughs> touched on it, is the body work. When you're fighting a guy who's much heavier in muscle, right? Joe mm -hmm. Rogan, he said it years ago. The, the more muscle you got, the harder it is to pump the blood through the body. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? Joe Rogan's 100% fucking correct. The more muscle you have on your body, the harder it is to pump the blood correctly through your body to fill the muscles, and which causes fatigue quicker. Josh Emmett uh, came into this featherweight division uh, as a the much bigger, much more muscular fighter, 
And you saw that happen. Uh, his punches looked hard and crisp at first, and then you start to see him fade a little bit. And what's the quickest, what's to, to create a quicker way even to stop the person from connecting with those crisper punches? Take the air and the wind out of that motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Kicking, he was he knows that he's got very he's got little to medium uh bouts of, of punching power Yer's not a power guy but he is a volume guy and he came into this fight with that with that knowledge under his belt he's like you know what i'm going to connect more i'm going to take the wind out from this guy and then that way when he's on the ground it's going to be easier to attempt a submission hold and that is exactly what happened Yer's game plan was a hundred percent bulletproof the only thing that could have gotten through was if Emmett would have connected early with a big punch that sent Yair crashing down early, and it did not happen. Yeah, I was really impressed by the fact that Yair was able to slap on that triangle choke. It felt very old school, very throwback. Uh, I feel like you never – there was a time 20 years ago where a lot of people weren't defending the triangle choke because it was so foreign, so you'd see it applied by the top-tier jiu-jitsu guys. Uh, and now it's just so rare. Everyone knows how to defend it. So when you do see it slapped on, uh, you know, later in a fight, and it's late in the second round, to me it's impressive. Uh, Yair looked great. There's really no way around it. Emmett, it was a, a very game opponent and was there to fight. And I don't want to say outclassed, Jess, but really uh, just an incredible performance by Yair. Not a trending up versus trending down fight by Emmett. No, not at all. Emmett no. will... Emmett will be back. I know there are a lot of photos going around social media about how he looked with the weight cut. He looked great during the fight. Um, he just, it's just, he has a pop and, the, and those knees and those kicks, like you said. It's impressive. And of course, right after the fight, the first thing people started saying is how we want to see him fight Volk. We want to see that Volk fight. And so we'll hop into that fight now, Jess. Very controversial. Not that controversial in my opinion, but a little bit more controversial in a few heads' uh, opinions, eyes, if you will. When I see, and I say this every once in a while, Jess, when I see someone whose opinion I respect score a fight differently than me, I always wonder why. Why did they score it that way? I saw Cheeto Vera scored it for Volk, and I'm just like, why, though? So I got I to gotta look into that. Um, Islam Makashev, we've been discussing his, um, as you would say, ascent to greatness, his ascent through this division. Uh, I thought he looked impressive. I scored this fight 4-1, Jess. I thought Islam won the first four rounds. I thought the third round was tough, and I can see why people were giving it to Volk. I did not. I was surprised by the amount of people that were also going three two. So I was like, "Wow, I don't, I don't know if I gave that I, again." I, I just did not give that third round to Volk, but uh, Volk had some very impressive spots in this fight. Jess, um, the hand speed, and once again, the bull matador was there. Uh, give me some thoughts on what you did see with this fight. So, the people that scored it three two. Those are just the people who were expecting this fight to be uber close, like razor thin close. And although from the looks of both guys, both guys got jacked up, right? Makachev does not look like, you know, he was not clean when he walked out of that cage. He had gotten pieced up a bit. Yep. Uh, Vol Volk had his, his shots. He even put uh, Makachev on the ground once. 
Um, the 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 people who scored it three two basically were the ones that were wanting this fight to be closer than uh, in reality than it really was. The, in three reality, two, three two Volk is what you yes mean. yes. Okay. Uh, in reality, Makhachev <laughs> won this fight. Is Islam was the better man, not by a lot, not by a landslide. It, it was a, like, a very Vol- close fight. It was very it was a very fight. it was very close. Uh, Volkanovski came in. He was super game, tough. Put hands on Makhachev. Prove that he was a man and not a robot, not a machine. Uh, I think that it would, you know, it was uh, another testing ground for Islam to come in and have to fight such a top tier game opponent as, as uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. And uh, I did give uh, um, Islam the fight. Uh, I don't think that uh, there was much in the way of of, uh, of Volkanovsky winning. Uh, I I don't understand how people could even score the fight for Volkanovsky. I think if they're giving one of the first two rounds to Volk, maybe they but, give but him Volk that fourth round. Maybe they give him that fourth round when he was when my when Islam was just controlling him. He wasn't doing anything other than just kind of laying and praying. But but Volk's not doing anything because he can't. Yeah. And if the referee's not standing you up, that in my opinion is still body control. That's still that's still that's cage control. Con- that's cage that's control. one thousand percent. Controlling that's you controlling the guy you're fighting. Now, if you're choosing to inflict damage, that's a whole nother question. Some people would say if you have a body triangle or if you have a body lock from the back, that is still you're wearing the guy down. You're still pressing the fight. It really depends again on how you judge a fight, how you score a fight, how a referee determines whether you should or shouldn't be stood up. Uh, I know it looked cool for Volk to be screaming and punching backwards and shit. And, you know, it, it takes me back to when Kevin Randleman was doing that shit against Boss Root and, you know, fucking 20 years ago. But I I want to say this, side note, Jess. When I see people tweet the next day, hey, I rewatched the fight. When I see people tweet two, three days later, hey, I rewatched the fight and I scored it differently. I just want to know, again, why? What changed in between you watching it live and you watching it uh, on a replay. Now, I'm of the firm fucking opinion of if you watch a fight the next day with social media and with just technology, communication, you are going to have some type of influence to possibly change the way you scored the fight. Or change the way you view the fight, right, Jess? If if you if you score a, a fourth round in your mind for fighter A, and you get on Twitter that day, that night, and you see a bunch of now fighter B, fighter B, fighter B, you're an idiot if you don't think if you don't see how fighter B won that and he did this and he did that, and you sleep on it, and you wake up the next day and, and you rewatch the fight. In my opinion, you're watching that round four differently. You're watching it w- through a different lens, a different, uh, a different scope, if you will. Now, if you're watching a fight for the first time, right? Maybe you're fucking half asleep because it's late. Maybe you've been, had fucking 10 beers and you're fucking watching it out of one eye. Maybe you've got people around you and you're conversing. So the fight's really not the focus, right? Even though if you're watching the main event of a UFC, you would assume that it would be the focus, not you and your boys shooting the shit. But I don't know. Everyone operates differently, right, Jess? 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. If that's the case, if that's the case, then okay. Uh, by all means, let me shut the fuck up and, and I'm swallowing this take. And you are watching the fight possibly through more of a fair lens, if you will. What I am a firm believer of, and in this kind of in boxing too, but more in MMA, a lot more in MMA. You watch a fight, you score it, and you fucking keep it moving. The next day, you, you watch the fight again, you are going to have some type of influence or conversation or you read a think piece or you text a buddy or something happened where you just went, yeah, you know what? That, I saw that third round one way, but now, man, you know, I saw, I saw that third round for, for Islam, but shit, going back and watching it again, Fuck, maybe it was Volks. You know, God, maybe it, once you start doing the maybe it was, nah, man. You watch the fight, you score it, and that's it. You never fucking score it again. You throw the scorecard in the fucking ocean because that's it. That's your scorecard for eternity. Don't go back and watch it again. You've been fucking influenced, Jess. Yeah, you know what? That you super, super great points because so here's the one thing. Uh, I, w- I would suggest if you want to go back and rewatch the fights on your own time in an empty room, avoiding social media 100%. At least the MMA but that's stuff, impossible. right? No, I, I think, no, no, no. So no. I, I think that if, if a person puts it to mind to be like, hey, like, and, and obviously, blow fan, right? This is like, you know, I've been watching this sport for 30 fucking years or however long. I'm a super fan. I, I enjoy the sport for more than just the sport. I enjoy it for so many other things. Like just a person who really is is engulfed in the sport. I think that that person can watch the fight with buddies and homies and so on and so forth and then come back the next day and be like, yeah, that, I thought it was a close fight and I scored it one way. I want to make sure that my my assumption was correct and then go back and just completely avoid social media. Maybe wake up first thing in the morning having a cup of coffee before the gym. <laughs> I've done it. You go back I've, and you watch the I, fight. I I've think that, that I think that at that point in time, you can then compare and say, ah, well, you know, maybe my emotion was a bit high and I gave Volk this or I maybe I gave Islam the third or maybe I gave Islam the fourth or whatever. And it was a little bit closer than I thought. I do think that most gut judgments are the way to go. So that's I'm going to agree with you on that. Most things, when people hear something, if somebody asks you, is this red or is this blue? Your gut's going to be like, ah, go with blue. And then your first answer should be blue. You should never, you know, you should never recheck that, that initial gut feeling. Especially when you're scoring a fight in your own mind under your own clarity your own discretion of how you score a fight not how your buddy scores a fight not how Irv Dean or Joe Rogan or fucking Dave Meltzer whoever scores a fight no how do you score how did you score the fight don't be influenced now here's an here's an example of this and again Jess when I, I I have preferenced it a third time I've done it myself if you've done this I get it I remember with Triple C versus Mighty Mouse it was maybe some point midway through the second or third round where I started to go, oh, wait a minute. I should probably start paying attention to this fight because I think Mighty Mouse is losing. And then the next, but the problem is, then I hear Mighty Mouse won, right? Or no, I'm sorry, I hear a Triple C wins. 
And then I'm in a room full of guys going, yeah, I watched that whole fight. You weren't paying attention because you were fucking over here doing this. He won. So now I might be a little bit influenced, right? But I went home the next morning, got up, watched the fight. The problem is, again, just like you said, there's that in-between time. I'm looking at my phone. I wake up. I'm checking fucking Twitter. I got some. I got fucking checking the account, the, the fucking our show's account. Are we getting tweets? Are fucking people talking to me through this account? Um, it, you're influenced. It's almost. It's it's not impossible, but it's very, very, very difficult to go. Now, hey, let's say you had a fucking full night. You got fucked up. You got blackout drunk. Uh, you wake up the next morning, you go, oh, fuck, I, I can't even remember who fucking won the fight, I think. Triple G, C1, fuck, I don't know. I'm going to go back and watch it on my phone. That might be a whole other thing. But again, there's, it's a very, it's, there's, there's more rare scenarios than there are just, I'm sitting down, I'm watching this main event. I'm sitting down, I'm watching this co-main event. I know this is going to be a possible five-round fight. So in my head, I'm scoring it. I have this round for this person. I have this round for that person. I'm sitting in a room usually with the same four or five people watching fucking fights. I usually say to them, I scored it this way. I scored it that way. Um, and I'll be in a room with people. Shout out uh, Big Baller Brian, uh, my boy Brian. And he will say, I saw it the other way. And, and we just agree to disagree and keep it fucking moving. But it's score. You, you got to score a fight. Score a fight your way and that's that. All right. Jeff, so. you, folks, folks, whatever sport you're a fan of or wherever in life, you just trust your gut. Yes. yes, that's it. That you know, I, I feel like in my gut, I it was a very, very close round, but my gut, what I saw, I'm going with fighter A. Go with fucking yeah. fighter A. Don't let person on the telecast, the buddy next to you, whoever the fuck, your girlfriend, whoever, say no, actually fighter B go, oh well, I guess fuck fighter B we didn't win that. No, you know, you've watched enough fights. <laughs> you've listened to the show enough times, you're well enough educated, you've watched enough fights, you might have been watching fights. Two years, 20 years, like Jess and I, trust your fucking instincts. Jess is right. Trust your gut. Um, with that said, I scored that motherfucker 4-1 uh, Islam. And you are right, Jess. We're, I think we're not used to seeing Islam looking that beat up. And we're also not used to seeing Islam getting beat up at the end of a fight where we're going, oh, fuck, he, he might lose this fight. I agree with what everybody said post-fight, and I think I even tweeted it. That, for some weird reason, was like a pride rules. We have to go into an overtime for five minutes or ten minutes. Islam's <laughs> getting stopped. Islam's getting stopped. That's he true. Was fucking tired. It, it, was, it was the tale of two fighters at the end. It, that, 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 mm -hmm. that final round was the tale of two fighters. One was Islam, whose corner had been scoring their, the, the rounds themselves. Without any influence, just themselves watching the fight. They they were telling their guy, "Look, man, you got this in the bag. Go slow, put this fight away." Mm -hmm. He was. They knew he was tired. He had extended so much energy just with takedown attempts and holding Volk for for basically an entire round. Uh, it, well, in that in that uh, uh fourth round, third round, uh, basically holding him for the entire round. Like he he had expended so much energy that he was tired. He was basically done. And Volk on the other end, his corner is saying, "Listen here, motherfucker, you're gonna lose this fight unless you put this guy to sleep. Mm -hmm. So go, go chase him down, walk him down. Don't ever take a step back." It was the tale of two fighters at the end of that fight. That's why Islam took so much punishment there at the end. And you're right. If this was Pride Rules, you give him another five minutes. Volk finishes him. Islam was he was finished, folks. He was done. He had had enough. He was getting beat up. And Volk was fired up knowing that he was about to lose this fight.
Jess, what do we do now? Because in my opinion, I would love to see a rematch. Now, I understand the argument of we cannot hold up two divisions, right? We can't hold up 145. There's fights to be made there. Clearly, Yair versus Volk. Yes. That's, got, that's got some juice, baby. That's yes. got some juice. It's got some juice. And, and Islam's got a fight possibly with Oliveira in a rematch. There's other fights there for Islam there still to, to make. He hasn't cleaned out 155 per se. Do you run this back immediately? Do you put it on the back shelf and see what happens with these guys a year from now? If you have the booking pencil, if you're Dana White, what do you do? Nah, uh, so I think you and I, we've we've discussed this in plenty over the past three to five years at least. Uh, the lower, the smaller weight classes, they are the championship weight classes. When you get to middleweight, it's like Izzy kind of ran the table for such a long time. We kind of forgot about the middleweight division. Uh, light heavyweight is bullshit division. Heavyweight division is bullshit division. We don't care about those divisions. Lightweight, 145, bantamweight. Now you're getting, now there's there's competition. True competition. Almost from one down to probably 15. And each of those, any of those guys could be champions. You cannot in any way, shape, or form hold up the lightweight or the featherweight division. You cannot do it. If I am Dana White, I'm penciling Yair and Volk. I'm penciling, you know, possibly a rematch between Charles and Islam. Or maybe uh, maybe there there's is. another lightweight. The, I mean, there's the a Darius, million, there's the a million of fighters. There, you can do anything. The, those two weight there. classes alone hold multiple potential champions. You cannot hold up those to, to rematch. Now, like you said, there's a potential where if maybe Volt goes in, he stomps the shit out. Yeah, he takes his featherweight back. Uh, Islam goes on a on a on a splendid run, runs it up another three four fights. Maybe then at the end you could be like, hey man, that that fight was so damn close. I know it's got money still on it. Let's go ahead and run this and 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 have a have a rematch. But at this point in time, those two divisions are just too explosive to hold back. I it would be uh it would be blasphemy. In the MMA community to say, let's run this back when you got guys on the fence just chomping at the bit. Yeah. And like I said, our our championship material. If this was the light heavyweight division, I'd be like, ah, fuck it. Run this fight back three or four times. I don't give a fuck. Like, this division ain't going nowhere. But these two divisions are stacked. You cannot hold back a stacked division. Yeah, I I hate to agree just because I I want to see this fight again. But to use the, once again, the pro wrestling um, comparison, if you will, you put this on the back burner, you know, just like you would Takeshka and MJF. They wrestled once. It was a banger. Now you put it on the shelf for eight months or 12 months and you run it back then. It'll be just as hot. It'll be, have just as more juice, if you will. You, you've done MJF versus Ricky Starks. We all want to see it again, but we can wait eight, eight months, 12 months and keep it moving. And when they do run it back, it'll be hot as ever. Now, MMA is a little different. Maybe Volk gets fucking knocked out by Yair. Maybe Islam gets knocked out by Dariush. And if we're doing that fight next, I'll tell you right now, Jess, Ooh, I'm that's a Dariush. fucking banger. I'm picking that's Dariush over banger. fucking Islam. I'm picking Dariush over fucking I'll tell you right now, that's where my head's at. Where my money's at, too. But gut, I... Uh, gut feelings that right style, there. Going with that, your gut. Dude, stylistically, that is a nightmare for Islam. A guy that hits way harder than Volk, wrestles better than Volk. Naturally bigger than Volk. 
and yeah. is not going to get dragged down by Islam for five rounds. Ooh, I'm telling you, that's a nice. I love Islam, that fight. Islam's really got to fucking bring Khabib. Some, bring... Somebody got to get you on their payroll. Listen, he's got to. <laughs> Islam got to bring Khabib. He's got to bring the IV. He's got to bring whatever else well, he can fucking bring. Didn't on him plane. and Khabib have a fallout anyway? It wasn't I don't know. Some... I saw. I saw Khabib on the phone with him, and Khabib said in his own language, um, "You made you you made me age forty years watching that fight." So, which is never good to hear. You, you never want to hear yeah. that. But I, uh, I, I, there's fights to make, Jess. Bottom line, you're right. There's fights to make, so we we can't hold up divisions. We gotta keep it moving, and there's pay per views to make, and. You can make two fights, four fights out of those divisions that stack up pay-per-views, or you just make one fight for one pay-per-view, and that's the be-all, end-all. That fight will be there. It'll be there in a year. It'll be there in two years. Who knows where Islam is at? Who knows where Volk is at? Well, hell, look at Robert Whitaker. He's he's taking mm-hmm. some losses in his in his run and then at post runs. I mean, he's taking losses. That guy's still making money, and everybody wants to watch him fight. He can go and run back a fight with Izzy right now, and it's going to be a moneymaker. So this fight has juice even a year from now, 100%. Two years. Two Two years from now. Two years from now. Someone can't. 100%. The the, the, um, and Volkanovski ain't going nowhere for – Volkanovski, I think, is a little bit older. So he's got like a little small, a, a little bit of a smaller window, but the the window is not two to three years. These guys have three years before they, they, this fight has got juice. Leave it on the back burner. Let's run some more fights. Jess, I believe we've cleaned up all of the UFC for that card. I don't believe there's anything else to touch. I believe we're hopping right into Super Bowl, the last football game of the year. What are you thinking? Mm. Speaking about bangers, this game was fire. Man, what a weird, what a weird game. So first of all, where we were wrong, right? We both uh, hesitantly picked the Eagles. Yes. I'm always a fuck the Eagles guy. We both were hoping for Mahomes, even though you're an AFC guy and probably don't want to see Mahomes win a ton of trophies and your guy go trophyless. But I think uh, we were pleasantly surprised by uh i mean i don't even know where to start other than to say pleasantly surprised by the lack of effort by the eagles defense in the second half or maybe the genius of andy reed for figuring things out in the second half but let's start with the first half here jess quick analysis give me some thoughts on the first half uh first half as all the you know Travis Kelsey came out and screamed post post game a hundred times we were flat we came out looking like shit that I mean that's to be said they came out they were flat the offense uh didn't look motivated there there was something lacking uh Mahomes I believe got rolled up in that first half so his ankles all jacked up for at least a half a quarter or so uh, I believe that happened Eagles in kept this, him off the field too uh, Eagles, kept him off the field. Eagles Eagles defense but here's the thing here's the kicker at the end of the game the statistic that I took away the most of all statistics is that the Kansas City Chiefs scored points on every single drive so the Eagles did their best to keep the Chiefs from the end zone but they didn't keep the Chiefs from scoring and they were in the biggest thing I don't know what the the statistics are on on third down attempts but the Chiefs found ways to move the ball 
on third and short, third and medium, third and long. They found a way to move the ball. And that D, that Eagles defense was vaunted. That's that's the, that was the whole reason why I picked the Eagles in the first place. That defense, that I was like that whole I, that whole front line got multiple we were, sacks. We were player, you know that that we secondary sold. is not the greatest secondary. But damn, with the front lines on them like that, the secondary is going to find ways to get turnovers. It just didn't happen, man. They they, they rarely got to Mahomes. Mahomes rarely looked. And you know what? I'm gonna tell you like. This guy, Patrick Mahomes, after watching that Super Bowl, I am okay with saying that he is no longer just a great or an elite quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is a generational talented quarterback. Yeah, it's impossible not to say. You that. you 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 I can't it, I think that it's, it's it's impossible not to coronate him and we can do we can do, oh listen, I'm dying to do this with you. I but know we're we, already getting there. <laughs> but we can we'll do we'll do QB stuff in a minute. So he, but we'll, finish, we'll, I, I want to do that first, at the end of the game. I to do finish the first game. half assessments, the the Eagles defense looked more lively in the in the first half, but still did not keep the Chiefs off the field enough. So uh, the game where when I at the end of the first half, I'm thinking, fuck, man, this game should be like 31-7 right yeah, now. Yeah, like, that. We it should be we. Why are we even within a <laughs> touchdown right now? Like why? How did this even happen? The doom you know and gloom I mean? was so, there. Like there was so some doom Jaylen, and gloom. And here's another thing I'm gonna say uh, about Jalen Hurts in the first half. Jalen Hurts was just he just balled, man. Like he was just playing backyard football. Like he was just tossing the ball up. There were some passes. I was like, why the fuck is he throwing that pass? And then like some receiver, Devonte Smith or or AJ Brown or Dallas Goddard made this fucking hellacious catch like yeah. over the top and like pulled it i mean i'm like damn man this is a team to win this bowl so that that was so that was my first thought and then when halftime hit and i had to watch rihanna with a baby two babies mm. go sing like up in the sky like that that freaked me out i was like what if she fall off man that's crazy but anyway uh all i thought was this game should be out of reach and it's not and that's where the the eagles have fucked up yeah, I I uh I really did feel the doom and gloom for Kansas City going into halftime. It felt like they were they had been figured out. It felt like this was the Eagles that we had seen throughout the playoffs, that that they were just keeping Mahomes off the field. Um that uh what do you call it? You can't call it a pick six, but that fumble six, if you will, out of hurts. Yes. That was the absolutely enormous. I mean, that outside of that, Kansas City really had no fucking pulse at all. I mean, it was, it was just a bad Mahomes game. It just, it, it, but not just a bad Mahomes game, but just Philly able to move the chains methodically, and that going forward on fourth down so many fucking times in a league where just you know this, we're not used to seeing quarterbacks go for it or teams go for it on fourth down so much. And then to be doing it in the Super Bowl, it's almost like it does not compute. And I cannot imagine how it feels on defense to be giving up those fourth downs. You give up two fourth downs on a drive, you know, right in that second quarter. You've got to feel fucking defeated. I don't care who your quarterback is. You've just got to feel defeated. So Philly was doing everything right. Credit to them. Credit to Hurts. That fumble, though, really was the, the chink that in the armor, killer. if you will. That was really killer. was. 
really was, and that's even with they, Kansas City missing that, a field At that goal. point in time, sorry to cut you off, but at that point in time, they're driving to score yet again. Okay, they score that now. I believe it's like a three-score lead. Instead, you get the fumble, and now it's like a ten-point lead or whatever it was at that point in time. So instead of going up like real big and just putting the foot on their throat, now you give up that fumble uh, uh, scoop and score, and now all of a sudden, like there's life. That that's yep. the whole point. And the the first half was this. You know, are the Eagles? Go- the life out now so the second half it's just uh, Kansas City consistently just trying to drive the ball to just catch back up but they just couldn't there was just Andy Reid is a brilliant coach and he somehow (laughs) was able to manipulate the 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 way that Kansas City played uh, both on offense and defense just enough to give them a little bit of life and that's the, again, like you said, that I I did when halftime hit, I didn't feel like shit, man. This game's over. Like I felt like, damn, they should have put him away. That's what uh, I felt I, like. I do want to say this overall performance grade from Rihanna a B. Uh, you can't give her an A plus when you've got like Prince, uh, you know, and you just had Snoop and Dre last year who were like that an A minus. I uh, can't give her a B minus because she is pregnant on like levitating floating stages. <laughs> also bangers. I mean, just a lot of hits. Yeah, you got that hits. many hits. Um, she was even playing some of the strip club anthems. So she, credit to her for playing the strip club anthems at the Super Bowl. It takes a lot of balls, but uh, no Kanye West, no Drizzy Drake. Second time Drake's got fucking a, a, a mentioned on the show, by the way, I think that's an all time high. Um, <laughs> missing the you know when you when you got do all those collabs and you, you got a collab with the Jay Z you do the run this town you gotta you gotta bring them out Jay Z's in the audience he's there with or, his kid. or I was expecting like okay so you got all these collabs with you know like Kanye Drake and Jay Z and all these guys I was expecting like I'm not expecting all these guys to just show up and like perform at the Super Bowl for like 15 seconds but what would have been cool is if like maybe you know for me. And this is a bias on my my part, but like I'm a rock guy, right? I'm 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 a little yes. bit of a metal guy, right? Yep. What if you bring a a, a rock band? Well, form like Jay Z's part, right? Like <laughs> this just is another reason mix you get things up a little bit. Where where is that that slash that you'd have come out and do a wicked guitar solo? Where is that Elton John or even uh the the guy from Coldplay that comes out and plays the piano? Yeah. Something now like that would have been super cool. You know, Jack White or something like that, where you go, oh, wow, she's brought she's brought that rock star out, so you get that cool crossover. But, I mean, and me personally, my boy Kanye, he's had not had the last best 12 months, if you will. You bring him out on the Super Bowl stage, even for a moment, to bring out all of the lights to run this town. Maybe he, maybe the comeback starts, but all know, of the was, lights, all the lights would have put that hat on. That would have, she did all the lights. She did all the lights. I know you do run this town. You do, those are both Kanye West songs. You bring him out for huge. either of those. Huge. Uh, so, so you get a B, Rihanna. We love you. You get a B. You got a baby. You get she a was B levitating for, with twins, man. She got, I don't know. Who, got who, who, Allegedly. Whoever, I allegedly. allegedly, well, who, look, all I got to say is whoever put a baby in that, God bless you. My sir. boy, ASAP Rocky. 
Shout oh, out ASAP Rocky. Yes, you're looking for some good uh, workout music, my boy ASAP Rocky. He's got some stuff. He's got some bad. I'm about some to throw some, I'll throw some stuff at you. Uh, second half, absolute uh, just pendulum swing. Kansas City fuck came out like a bat of hell, and the Eagles just uh, could not counterpunch with with Kansas City. Tail of two halves, Jess. Give me your analysis. Yeah, it was. It was tail of two halves. Uh, and, and I I even tweeted it. I tweeted out there. You know what? Crazy first half, something like that. But hey, Andy Reid is good. If anybody can can uh, can game plan for a second half, it's Andy Reid. And he did. He did that. He game planned differently. He came out different strategy, different game plan for both offense and defense. They came out. The defense swarmed the Eagles. The Eagles weren't th- those 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 sweet, just silky smooth offensive plays were coming a lot tougher this time around. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest, man. I almost was one to give Nick Bolton, the young linebacker from KC, the MVP. That guy was all over yeah. the field. He had the scoop. He almost had two scoop and scores. He that gets that second. Crazy. He gets that would have been scoop and score. That's it, MVP baby. But uh, <laughs> I'm just saying that young man's got a hell of a future, man. Woo, what a football player. Uh, Pat Mahomes came out and uh, just you know did his thing, a little bit of dink and dunk, leading up to some bigger plays down the field. And this, I'm going to say it this way right here, right now. Travis Kelsey is the GOAT of tight ends. It, no, it doesn't matter. Tra- Kelsey is the GOAT of tight ends. You cannot no. guard that man. They have been trying to figure out a way to put him out for, for the last three to four or five years. You cannot guard him. He's indefensible out there on the field. He is the GOAT. He's got better statistics than Gronk. He's, he's going to have... The only, thing he gonna, the, only, the only thing he ain't going to have most likely, but he's got a shot, is is as many Super Bowls. But I guarantee you, man, the Chiefs keep this team around like this or somewhere in the vicinity, they got another two Super Bowls at least. This team is this team is nuts. Andy Reid, I just want to disagree and say I still have Gronk ahead of Kelsey. I, I just, I just, I, I'm a statistics guy. I always have been. I know when it comes to get a little bit blurry. Uh, you know, but like uh, statistically speaking, and 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 then the other thing too is just the impact on the field. Gronk was definitely Brady's guy, yes, right. But yes, but there were other players on the field that were, you know, at one point in time, Randy Moss is out there catching pass too. Yeah, they didn't win a Super Bowl. Jess, so, do you remember how important Gronk was on in that Seattle drive after the Seattle fumble? I get yeah. it. I get it. I'm saying, but I'm just saying the biggest Travis Kelsey. Tampa Bay, Travis Tampa Kelsey Bay. has just as not more because for this season alone, the Kansas City Chiefs deep or offense performed better than last year's offense, and that was last year with Tyreek Hill and some of those guys. They That's performed crazy. better, and Travis Kelsey has steadily put up 1,000-yard seasons, which is almost unheard of since Tony Gonzalez uh, back in his Atlanta Falcon days uh, over with the, uh, you know, uh, that that Hall of Famer there. So, I mean, Travis Kelsey, the impact he brings to that offense, if you take him off that field, the Chiefs probably lose three or four more games. That's what I'm saying. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. It's his safety valve. It's his go-to guy. And agree with what you're saying. He is the prototype Gronk style of tight end. Too big for defensive backs to tackle. Too fast for linebackers to handle. It's incredible hands. His sticky hands. He's he really is a, a, a he is an animal, but he's not Gronk. Gronk yeah. is 
was bigger, stronger. I don't know if he was as fast. I don't know if he was as nimble on his feet. But maybe, the guy, maybe, maybe but when the it guy all was comes a down and Travis, and Travis is out of the league, he's done retired. He's got his his he's got his trophies. He's got his rings. He's got his cash. Uh, maybe, show, maybe, maybe, maybe at some point in time, time, you can look and say one's A, one's B, or you could possibly even flip it and be like the other's A, the other's B. I don't know, but re- I'm just saying, like, if there was a tight end to be above all tight, I mean, I've seen Gronk put up some nasty games, and I've also seen Gronk have some really shitty ass games where he he moves like a robot, like he's a box, he's in a box. Travis Kelsey is so fluid, and 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 for such a big guy. It, you would think that somebody somewhere, a free safety, a linebacker, would be able to pick him up at some point in time. This guy gets open like the, you know, Stefan Diggs feet, and he don't. He don't move like that, but yet he's open every single play, basically. So I've, I've not seen that in a long time in a tight end. So you get the Kansas City goes up and – Jalen Hurts comes back and just puts it was together it. a fucking phenomenal drive. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was a big uh, drive. If if the Eagles don't come back his, and score, pulls his dick out, fucking takes yeah. a two point conversion in himself. I mean, literally just fucking goes LeBron on this drive. He did. It was unbelievable. Um, and Kansas City comes down, the most controversial play of the game. Some people. <laughs> It ain't, Eagles con- fans, it ain't controversial. Eagles fans would love to argue that this I is uh, the difference in the game. You get the PI, Jess. You and I are clearly on the same page here. You grabbed them twice. Is there any debate here, Jess? There's, there, you can – I get it. I get it because I'm a Bills fan. I watched uh, in the 13 seconds – I think it was the 13 seconds game. I believe Stefan Diggs had, a, had this catch where he – he was almost drugged down to the ground and there was no, there was no call in the field. I remember I was screaming about it for weeks. Uh, This was a clear case of just uh, an all pro corner getting beat. Cause it happens, man. You can be the best guy anywhere on the field. And at one point in time, you're going to get beat. It's the national football league. It's what happens. He got beat grabbed the first time he grabbed the jersey and then the second time it was the hand around the waist in where he was pulling juju smith schuster and there so i mean be like well the catch was it was uncatchable regardless maybe maybe yeah. not like the no, guy got I held see, twice that's, that's he got held argument. twice who knows how many seconds that cost him getting held yeah their argument if, if it was an uncatchable ball then maybe the referees don't blow the whistle yeah. there I understand every argument, right? The you swallow the whistle on a third down like that. I understand that unless he's anything short of him tackling him on that play, you don't blow the whistle. I understand all these arguments. I also understand you're supposed to call a play in the first quarter the same way you are in the fourth quarter. I understand all these arguments. At the end of the day, you see the two tugs. A referee can or cannot call that. There's a lot of plays during the game that the referees can and cannot call. This one was called. It was a. It was the biggest play of the game, one of the bigger plays of the game, Jess. That's undisputable. Um, when Kansas City got the ball, it was over five minutes left. I told my wife, it's going to be difficult, but Kansas City has to find a way to keep this ball for the entire five minutes. 
They cannot yeah. give Jalen Hurts the ball back. That's a third down there. That's a makeable field goal, but Buckner makes that field goal. There's two minutes left. Lord knows what happens. Does Hurts score? We'll never know. We'll never know, right? But that yeah, that is going to go down in Eagles fans' minds as a, the biggest what if of that Super Bowl. He swallows that. He swallows that whistle. And you know, it's a makeable kick, not an easy one. He had missed a kick earlier, yeah. right? So there's a lot of what ifs, but you're still giving Jalen that ball back with uh, two minutes left, timeout, and uh, it's a different game. It is. And, and, and here, here's the other thing, too. You have to – this goes on Andy Reid. Andy Reid, during that five – like it was a five minute drill. Like that's crazy, right? You have five minutes mm-hmm. to try to. You got to. You got to dwindle this time down. You got to do you everything can, right. You can. You can't. Ball back. We've already seen what Jalen Hurts can do with the ball. Like he he Jalen Hurts played one of the most solid football Super Bowl games a quarterback can possibly play. Like that guy outside that fumble that led to the touchdown. Jalen Hurts did basically everything else right. So if you give Jalen Hurts the ball back, he's got A.J. Brown, he's got Devontae Smith, he's got the, like, three running backs that can all catch out of the backfield. And just came he's off of a Dallas driver. Goddard. He was unstoppable. And, just came and, off of a driver. He went LeBron. Exactly. You just you just saw him go God mode on the last drive. You can't possibly give this man the ball back with under two minutes to go and expect that he's not going to do it again to Philadelphia Super Bowl. Andy Reid, this goes again towards Andy Reid and the coaching staff, just being able to coach that team in the proper way, even to the point where Isaiah Pacheco had just broken a run where he could have easily, Philadelphia literally opened the floodgates, said, hey, score, motherfucker. We need the time. And he went down. (laughs) That is, that's all coaching. Andy He's a lot of things, and for him to, uh, for hell him of a head coach is another one. This guy up to say, "Don't fucking score in the Super Bowl," where any it's almost going to be impossible because you've dreamed this your entire life. But don't score in the Super Bowl. Go down at the one yard line. Slide. That's literally that's that's literally Dude, stabbing a guy in the chest. You're telling the kid is, who's wanted to score in the Super Bowl his whole entire life, don't do hey, it. But you know what though? I take that ball, I take it right off the field, and I tell the story of I won the Super Bowl. I yeah. didn't score the final touchdown, but I won that motherfucker. I won the Super Bowl for my team with this run, with this ball. Did you score the touchdown? No, I didn't have to. We won. Here's my ring. Here's my fucking football to show it. Is it? <laughs> but you're right. That is. Is it? Fuck. You play Pop Warner. You dream. You play fucking Madden video games. You play whatever. You. But it's your dream to score that fucking winning touchdown. And uh, my man slid. Credit to him, man. Credit to Andy Reid. Credit to the Chiefs. Let's start. Here. Let's start here, Jess. What do we do with the Eagles? Is uh, what happens next year? Are they a one-hit wonder? What are you thinking? They lost half their coaching staff fucking overnight. Well, I don't know about half their coaching. I know that uh, their offensive coordinator Doug, went, is, is their offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator gone. The defensive coordinator took off. He he's out there coaching. I can't remember where he went and took the coach job. Uh, uh, he took the, Did he take the Arizona Colts? job. 
He no, Arizona is right. He's out there. The he's offensive out there in the desert. coach. The offensive coach took the Colts job. Oh, that's right. That's right. Tell so, you, they lost them. So here, here's here's the, here's the troubling thing for Nick Sirianni is he kind of played a card in the Super Bowl that you don't want your head coach to to play, and that was like the cocky, like you know, very emotionally charged. It's cool for a head coach to be like screaming, yell at a referee when the yeah. uh, certain play don't go, but when you're taunting the other side. And continuously, he did this all game, and and not even that, but like even during the national anthem, he's like in tears. Zama, like I get it. Like I'm not, I don't want to hold that against him, but like he was too emotionally revved up. And now what you have to do is be like, I him go through highs and lows of sorts, all of them, all over the field. How is he going to do if he can't coach the same staff? Like. He'd been a defensive assistant, a cornerback's yeah, outside of what he did with Philly's defense, you know, I mean that can be attributed to him, but it also could be attributed to the fact that you got guys like Fletcher Cox on the field who's just a beast and can can get to the quarterback whenever he wants. So like what happens when you bring in a veteran coach to try to replace that? Is that veteran coach uh, gonna, yeah. like respect you? I don't even know if they do that. That's my point. It's, I it's, just, it's gonna I be hard. Know. It's gonna be hard to coach these guys but outside of that i don't know what their free agent uh pool is like i don't know who's coming who's going who needs contracts who don't you're gonna lose some guys i'll, I'll tell you, guys I'll tell you this right now you know what you gotta do i can't remember who said it somebody said on one of these espn talk shows earlier today they said give jalen hurts a 10-year motherfucking contract because wow. that is your that is your quarterback wow, that is your franchise cornerstone 10 years I don't give a shit. You lock this man down. You do not let yes. Jalen Hurts go. Did you see J- how bad Jalen that... Hurts? Jalen yes. Hurts proved. Did you see and, how and bad that thing, he's been doing it, he's, This kid's been doing it since since high school. He's always been like an underdog. I don't know why. Don't he's a he's humble guy. He's he's very quiet in demeanor. He's not like super. I mean, yeah. but when he's on the field, he. This man got set. For Tua, Tunga Viola in the national championship game, and albeit it turned out well for Alabama, but for fuck's sake, this is a kid who's he's a winner, man. He is a winner. Yeah. You gotta ten, lock him down. Ten years is a bit long. I don't know about I, ten years. I mean, Patrick Mahomes six. got a ten year deal. Yeah, he's different. I, but he's, he's generational. He's we the exception. Yeah. We we're gonna that. we're about to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Right after we talk about the Eagles, trust me. He, I think him getting, the, that, I think, him getting I think that the Eagles are fine. I think the Eagles are going to be fine. I, he, I, I, do I don't know. The Super Bowl next year? I don't. I don't. Well, again, it, this is one of those things where uh, the draft is not super heavy. It's like talent wise, there's no. They have I don't, a shitload of picks. Uh, yeah, and and they can rebound from lost players, but then you're going to have to coach rookies up, and that's again, that's going to be on coaching staff. Nick Sirianni is going to have to find a way to to build this team back up, almost not from scratch, but you know, there's going to be a lot of new faces in that locker room, including on the sidelines. So it's going to be a tough job for a young head coach who obviously is a very emotionally charged guy to try to lead this team from not from scratch, but from a starting point back to. Contenders, the the Dallas Cowboys are potential Super Bowl contenders next year. They've got draft picks. They've got free agency to go through. They were close, right? The 49ers. What if Trey Lance comes in and he just says, "Fuck this, 
guy. Like, and he's he's six foot four, like two hundred forty pounds. He's a giant, just like Josh Allen. He can do some of the things Josh Allen can do. What if he just goes out there and just balls? And 49ers, you know, they go thirteen and four. There's so many different three. scenarios that can happen where we have no clue. Yeah, the NFC is gonna. The NFC just, is not I just, easy. To I just get think to it's. Super Bowl. I think. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the Eagles in the Super Bowl next year. I don't think that that's a hot take. I think that they're going to go through some incredible growing pains when you lose your head defensive coach and your head offensive coach. I think you're going to lose some players on offense. And you, yes, you can draft a lot of studs with those picks. That doesn't mean they're going to hit. And that doesn't mean that they're going to make immediate impact on the field next year when they need to, them to because they're trying to go back to the Super Bowl. I think they regress a little bit. Regressing from being the second best team in the league is 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 not. Yeah, it's kind of an easy thing. It's hard to yeah. keep. It's hard to make it back to a Super Bowl. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs just—they're built for another year, possibly two here. Uh, we discussed this a little bit in our chat the other day with the great Chris W. Powers when he said that he thinks the Philly will be back as well, but. Kansas City, in my opinion, is built. Uh, they've got some pieces on the receiver end. They got some pieces on the uh, on the defensive end, but most importantly, they got Mahomes. Uh, I think yeah. the, the AFC. Who knows how it shakes out next year? I don't know how the West is going to land. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Denver. I definitely don't think Vegas is going to be better. And who knows what happens with the Chargers? So it, it'll be interesting. Give me some just some scratch the surface thoughts on Kansas city going into next year. Okay. So I, I, in as great as, as great as Mahomes is even right now. And we're, we both just said he's generation. He's, he's the guy that everybody wants to be. Uh, I still think that the AFC is incredibly tough. Sean Payton could very well turn the Denver Broncos around and, they could win double the games next year with Sean Payton. Who knows? I'm not saying that they do. <laughs> Sean, Pay- Sean Payton, in in a lot of people's eyes, Sean Payton is a little bit uh, overrated. I mean, unless he's he took Drew Brees of all people to just one Super Bowl. So I'm not saying he's going to change the the foundation of Denver, but he could. Uh, the Buffalo Bills, they could finally go out and draft some offensive pieces to put Josh Allen over the top. Who knows? The 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 Los the Los Angeles Chargers, the, I know that they're about to pay Herbert some cash. He's about he's about to make some he's about to make some serious change. Uh, is that going to affect putting pieces on the field for Herbert? Because I still feel like Herbert's a great quarterback. Also, I I feel like last year he got gypped a little bit with injuries and stuff, including an injury to himself. There's so many there's so many what. Right now, the reason why I love football so much is because right now there is no legitimate, like, Super Bowl team. The Kansas City Chiefs could go back to the Super Bowl next year, but I don't know if they will. The AFC is so so tough right now. And, uh, I mean, look over at your boy Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville. Guess who he's he's going to get back this season? Calvin Ridley. Calvin really Jack, got he Calvin Jack, really got he got fucked over by the NFL for betting on some stupid ass shit that wasn't even on his team or nothing like that some fucking cash app type thing he's coming Calvin Ridley's a number one he's a he's an RW one 
Just Trevor the, Lawrence, Trevor, and they just went to the playoffs. The Jags. Yeah, he, he's gonna have. He's gonna have really. He's gonna have Lawrence, or, or he's gonna have uh, Christian Kirk, and he's gonna have a couple of other these young guys. DJ Shark, if he resigns. Yes, the, ja- the Jags are the eighth best team with the Vegas odds to win next year's Super Bowl. See what I'm saying? Bell is amazing right now, in particular because there are absolute studs on just about every single football team and just about every single football team except for maybe four or five can legitimately say they got shots at the playoffs and then maybe a quarter of those or so can say hey guess what we're Super Bowl contenders right now is absolutely stupendous oh it's the it's the parody in the league which what is what makes it the funnest league to watch is you never know and even though you think a team can be a dynasty you, you never truly know so that's what makes the intrigue of the chiefs even more interesting going into next year cuz i think if they win a super bowl next year it's impossible to say they are not a dynasty cuz that's like three Agreed. super bowls in 5 years or some dumb shit including one they lost um okay um Two topics here real quick, and then we're getting out of here, Jess. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Uh, fa- uh, the teams with the best odds to win next year's Super Bowl. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Number one, the Kansas City Chiefs. Pretty much a plus 600. Damn. Number two, the Buffalo Bills, Jess. There it the is. They're still there. Plus 700, plus 750, plus 850s. Number three, Jess, as low as plus 650, as high as 900, the San Francisco 49ers. Number four, Jess, eight to 900 pretty much everywhere, Philadelphia Eagles. There they are. And number five, Jess, you want to take a guess? Uh, I'm going to say Cincinnati Bengals. Nailed it. Uh, anywhere between eight fifty to a thousand nine hundred is really their number. You know, you know where they they've done fucked up. And I'm not saying this because you're my my boy and we've been boys for a long time. Here we go. The Dallas Cowboys need to be in that top five. They're six. Now nah, move them up. But, move them up. But now nah, you know what come it on. is. Vegas knows Cowboys are a soccer bet because you have so many Cowboys fans that come in and bet the Cowboys every single year that they always put their number a little bit lower. Well, so they're 14, 15, 16 everywhere. Well, As, let's 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 be on this show. I'm going to tell you right now, legitimately, the Dallas Cowboys are. I like them. Good. I like them better than the Eagles next year. I do too. I do. I do too. If you swap the Eagles at number three or four, whatever they came in. Swap them out for the the Dallas Cowboys. I would I that I was I would absolutely be okay with that. One hundred percent regression year, but again, they're gonna have some big draft picks. Okay, uh, absolute last topic. Are you ready? Let's hear it. We have to talk Patrick Mahomes. We have to talk his place in history. Everybody is. We have to put him in our perspective. We are older, Jesse. I like a younger perspective. Some of my younger friends have a better perspective of Peyton Manning. And Drew Brees and Rodgers and those guys. We have a little bit more of a different perspective being in our 40s. We did see Joe Montana. We did see Steve Young. We did see John Elway. We did see Dan Marino. We saw different guys. Um, Where does Mahomes rank in your all-time list of great quarterbacks? And if you have him, where do you, who do you have before him? That's tough. You haven't um, thought about this? 
Can I, I'll give you my I, idea. I haven't thought about it. I have I have not thought about it, but I will give you. I think he's above. One of them is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. One of, of them course. is going to be Dan Marino. Of course. Uh, one of them, I'm even going to say, and that's going to suck for a lot of people, but I think that he is uh, above John Elway. Oh, that's the one right there. I was going to start with Elway. I think that he is above Elway at I this point in time in his career, especially considering the fact that he very well could end up winning three, if not four, Super Bowls total. Like this. Let kid... me throw. Let me throw three names at you, and let me see if you put him above or below them. Awesome. All right. Are you ready? Let's hear him. Troy Aikman. Above. I think that's fair. Peyton Manning. No. He's no? Not above, no. He's not above Manning. Okay. That one's tough. You said LA already, so let's take that one off. You said Marino already. Let's take that one off. Joe Montana? No. Okay. So you have, let's say, him in your top five, and in some order, you're going to have Montana, Brady, Manning. Who's the other and guy? Let's see. You, you, without order, Mahomes, you have Brady, you have Manning, you have Montana. Montana. And then after that, I would probably have to say – why can't I remember his name right now? Pittsburgh Steelers uh, quarterback. You ben, uh, you're talking about Terry Bradshaw or Terry Bradshaw, like Terry Bradshaw. So you can do Terry Bradshaw. You can do Staubach. You can do – um, fucking auto Graham, you can do the you know, Johnny Unitas and these guys. Yeah, we never, we never saw these guys. So I, I don't, I'm, I'm I like saying, to do guys that I saw. Okay, I, I, guys, guys that I saw. So, out of that group, uh, throw another one in there. <sighs> who's a who's a fantastical quarterback? You, you, you can't think of any, so there's no tough. one else. There is no, no, there's one, no else, one else. No. That's it. There's, that's there's no time. Four. There's no way. Yeah, that's it. Whoever you four. put, whoever you decide that's to put it. at five is your own is at your own discretion. But yeah, number number five would be like a bias pick. Like I Kelly in there, you know, he'd been forcing bulls through up a bunch of yards, fair. but but no, you're right. It, I I mean, for me, I'm I just said four legitimate names somewhere in that one to four range, five and under could be a lot of different names. Can I give you mine? Yeah, I have Montana one. I've I've shuffled my deck. I have Montana one. I'm not, I've, I'm putting him above Brady. I don't care how many Super Bowls. We ever since we had this conversation recently, and people want to put LeBron below Jordan because he has losses in finals. I saw Tom Brady lose Super Bowls. I saw Tom <laughs> Brady nearly lose Super Bowls. I ne- I'm not. I never saw Joe Montana lose a Super Bowl. Joe Montana never threw an interception in a Super. This is one of the greatest takes I've ever heard. Montana one. Honest God. Montana one. Brady two. Mahomes three. I put Mahomes three. Uh, you have four, a four to five or four is four is Elway. Five is uh, Manny. Okay. I uh, I fucking love Elway, and it's and Elway is my personal. Man, I saw that motherfucker drag himself up off the mat so many times. I saw that guy get punched in the mouth so many times and come back and win games. Um, could do it with his feet, the arm, a leader. And I know Man- Manning just didn't have feet. Manning had two left feet. Now Manning threw a little bit of a, a little, little, little bit more of a, of a better ball. 
but Manning threw a lot of interceptions too. And I know Elway did too. But I, I put Elway. I think they had the same amount of Super Bowls. Maybe not. Maybe Elway. They both, yeah, they both have two. They both have yeah. two. Elway uh, had. Elway, Elway had the two. He had the repeat. I believe it was a repeat, right? Elway lost Back. twice. Elway lost twice. Yes. I believe twice to the Niners or once, once to, to one. Yeah, uh, once to the Niners. And then maybe that's it. He lost once to the Niners, and that was his, and that was it. Then he went and he beat Green Bay and he beat Atlanta. Those were his only yeah. two Super Bowls. Uh, and I, and by the way, the Atlanta game, the no, Atlanta I think Super Bowl, lost to the Giants. I think that I think that Elway there could have been a Giants loss. Giants in been. like '88 or some shit. Like a 85. Sims, like a Sims, Sims Giants. Yeah, team. that's it. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's it. But he did lose to he did lose to the real Joe Cool. Man. Yeah, everybody did because I got yeah, everybody in the the Super Bowls. Yeah. Yeah, I know he was throwing to Jerry Rice, who the NFL voted the greatest player of all time. Mahomes is three. Now, I don't know what Mahomes does in his career to fuck that up. Maybe he – I don't know. For me, the only way Mahomes fucks that up is he has a, a, the last five years of his career that are like he's he fucking goes to five different teams and throws 20 interceptions. Like he would have to do something unbelievably stupid to tarnish – what he's done already, but the three Super Bowls and the four Super Bowl appearances in the five or six years, that's fucking really, really, really good. Can that's he like, can he pass Brady? Despite I don't think Yeah. Well, I, so, Super Bowls. So but it, can so, he pass Brady? So what, what's list? the metric? What's the metric? Is the metric that he has to win as many Super Bowls because they both have losses in Super Bowls. I don't know what the metric is. I'll tell you this. I've seen Mahomes do a shit that I that I've that I've never seen Brady do. What about Straight comeback up? games? I I mean, no, I'm talking, I mean it could I'm be it could be something about like that. How many, like on the how field. Many You're talking on the field. Yes. yes. How many times have you fucking watched Brady do things and you go damn that's just that's just hard film work. That's hard study and that's Brady just that's one on one. Brady was just in the film room, knows where the guy's gonna be, knows where the other guy's gonna be. No, is throwing the ball without looking because of he's just he's that's how good he is. That's Brady. Mahomes is. Why well, I've never seen a guy do that. It's straight up. Like I've yeah. wow, I've never seen a guy do that. Right. Like when you see him run from one side of the field to the other and then throw opposite handed, like. Here's a a funny thing about Mahomes and just what you said. This is how you know you're great. You'll do something and then the world will be in awe. It's just shock and awe of what you've just done. Whether it's the sidearm no-look pass or the you know the throw over the shoulder to the opposite side of the field or or the little foot the little the free throw pass into the end zone. Like those are things. And then what will happen is you'll see another quarter later even do the same thing. That's a great play. Yeah, but Mahomes already did it. That's my point. Just, that, that's the Mahomes, point. did it. Like it's no, it's no longer a play. It's just a great play. It's a good play. It's a good play. It's nice. Yeah, but this pretty. is. You know what? But this is Mahomes this is, is a trendsetter. This is the disease of LeBron. This is the disease of Kobe. This is the disease of Mike Trout. Where you go, wow, that guy hits forty home runs and fucking 290, 300 every year. It's expected. So when he does it, he doesn't get an MVP because he just does it every year. LeBron's been doing it for so long, he doesn't get MVPs. It's just expected when he doesn't. He's struggling. He must have something going on at home. He's making movies or some shit. 
Kobe for the fucking 18 years or however long he did it, right? It was just, oh, uh, it's just expected. Greatness is expected from Kobe because that's fucking who he is. This is the plateau that Mahomes has reached, and he hasn't even fucking played 10 years. That's That's crazy. crazy. He's three. And yeah, he can pass Tom Brady. I don't, I, I, it, but it's about the totality, right? Ultimately, it's about the totality of his career. And he's probably got another eight to 10 years to do it at, a, at an insanely healthy level. Now, maybe he bottoms out after eight to 10 years and says, I don't want to fucking play football. I want to go bang my fucking wife and do cool shit with my kids and spend the $300 million that I've made throughout my career. Like, I just want to do cool shit now, which I get. Maybe he does the, he pulls the fucking uh, Andrew Luck. And after year, year eight or year 10, he's like, nah, I'm good. I don't like getting fucking hit by bigger dudes. And I, that shit's, that shit affects me personally now. Like, I don't, I can't think the same way I did eight years ago. My thought process isn't as quick. So I'm good getting fucking hit. I'm good scrambling my brains for the entertainment of y'all. And I'm out. Like, I'm good being third on Jason's list. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. That's it. Hit the wrap it up button, Jess. Uh next week I will propose an NBA question to yes. Jason. Will Possible not say guess? it on air right now because I want to hear it from his lips from mine next week. But for now, folks, we are done. It was a fantastic show. Thanks to Jay. Thanks for all of you who listen live or will listen afterwards. Listen to uh, uh, just uh, anybody that's been getting involved more with the Twitter stuff, which I've seen an increase in. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you to Variety Sports Network for plugging us and putting us on their network so other people outside of our people can also listen to the podcast. Please follow us on Twitter. It is our only form of social media. You can follow Jason at Valdez, spelled backwards, 559. You can follow me at JTT81. You can follow the pod at Team Toss 21. And don't forget Variety Sports at Variety underscore sports underscore. Folks, that's it for us. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace out.